This also means that if like 3 billion years from now, some other aliens pointed a telescope mm-hmm. at Earth, they'd be they would be seeing what we're doing right now. It's really embarrassing what we're doing right now. <laughs> Hopefully yeah. in 3 billion years, we've got our together. Maybe you know? we should all yeah. paint a sign on our roof that says, hey, check back later. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 348 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch shenanigans. I'm Seth, and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam, and my hands are cold. I'm Sam, and I'm the artiste. And this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today's January 27th, 2020 Before we get started, we have a warning. There's going to be swears, curses, and maledictions in this show. Uh, This is a word I learned. I think it means bad word. Yep. Probably in Italian or something like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is funny, yeah, because you hear the word benediction, and it sounds like it's got this like religious Ooh, intensity to it. It's like nice. so so intense. You hear malediction, you're like, oh my god, it's so <gasps> oh wow, horrifying. Evil. And then they just mean good word, bad good word, word and bad word. <laughs> <laughs> kind of takes. Yeah, it, it occurred to me because then I, when I I had been hearing those words for a long time. Because I think a long time ago uh, in WoW, there was a, a staff you could get as a priest that converted between malediction and benediction. One was like a, a day, like it transformed into like an evil mm-hmm. version of the same weapon. Uh, but that just means good word and bad word, which right. again, like if the staff was literally called good word staff and bad word staff, yep. <laughs> not <laughs> that's like, that doesn't sound very fantastical at all. Like you get the staff out, and the staff is just like, shit. You're best out, it's like candy. There's a good word that's for great. you. Uh, we also like to thank our supporters over at moneygrab.bscotch.net. Uh, we got a donation from Degeki, who left a very nice message, who said, uh, quick message for everyone. So he's, he's going to burn down the list. Uh, he said, Sam, welcome to the East Coast. Nice to have you thank here. You. Looking forward to seeing how the more rustic setting informs your art. I think Ooh. it's leaking in already. I think it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sam can only draw bears now. Yep. So. Yeah. Crashlands 2 is going to be just a Bears game, to be honest. It's going to be like a Stephen King novel. It's just going to be main. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, He said, Seth, keep doing all that awesome stuff you do, and thanks for the past convos about atheism. Adam, I always appreciate your perspective you share on the podcast. One of my favorite things I look forward to. Sure, I miss hearing from you. When are you coming back? Jen, uh, you are editing the podcast so seamlessly, so he... To be fair, we lump Jen and Fat Bard together as the producers, uh, but Fat Bard edits the podcast. <laughs> yes. And Jen, Jen compiles the information for us. Uh-huh. Uh, so he said, wonderful job. Uh, anyone else working that I'm not aware of, thank you for making this studio so awesome. While your contribution is not immediately obvious to podcast listeners, it is clear that the studio is what it is because of the combined effort and skills of all of you. Thank you. Well, I think that's, uh, a, that's a perfect segue to just say that uh, Jordan celebrates two years. Doing uh, dope-ass yep. QA stuff. Yes. Big thanks to Jordan for sticking with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as behind-the-scenes uh, stuff that everybody can appreciate because things don't happen. It's one of those jobs. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and especially, like, since the work-from-home transition, yep. right? Because Jordan started work with us, like, th- three months before yep. we closed the studio uh, offices to switch to work-from-home. And, uh, he, you know, he's, like, converted his a room in his apartment to like a sort of a, almost like a space shuttle mission control center with like QA testing devices just everywhere. Every surface. Uh, 
So, and again, I mean, this is one of those things where people talk about how like, well, when you work from home, you know, you actually have to sort of like, you have to dedicate a chunk of your living space, you know, to your work, right? So you have like less home mm-hmm. to, to live in, um, which, you know, that, that sucks. Uh, but we, you know, we appreciate, we appreciate it, right? Like mm-hmm. we, we had to do it. That's how we work from home. Uh, but at least we don't have to commute. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. We got that going for us. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And of course, thank you to our uh, recurring supporters who who keep the podcast running uh, every month. Uh, All right. So we got just a couple of little things to talk about. Uh, And then if if we can, we'll get into some questions. But this this conversation might go wide ranging. Uh, Before we get into the the real conversation, I just have a brag that I got. Is it a humble brag or a full on? No, just a full on I'm just, I'm kind of I'm kind of staying in a 2021 mode dunk on everyone. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. At, for the time being, because I feel like 2020U is a bit of an extension of that. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so over the winter break, I I was kind of feeling like feeling like shit, like physically. You know, and a lot of it has been uh, has been since switching to work from home. I had been able to go to the gym, and I mentioned on the podcast a few times that like I've been trying to kind of get some kind of a workout routine restarted, you know? And so over our winter break, I went through all the things that had been sort of like causing, um, causing friction or like making it hard for me to get into some kind of lifting routine. Right. Cause I had set up some aspects of a home gym and whatever. Um, and so I, I systematically went through and fixed all of those things so that I could just like very easily go into the gym get my workout in without having to think very hard about all the things like set up and mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and so I'm, uh, so my brag is now I'm proud to say that I'm, I'm uh, four and a half weeks running of just continuously like working out all nice. the time. Uh, and that I ran out of weights. I, I, I've lift, I lifted all of the weights and mm-hmm. I had to order more weights because I, You're so I, strong now. I got I got too strong, and I don't have any more weights to put on the bar. I had to order the, some more. <laughs> the problem is that you're not doing enough push-ups because when you're doing push-ups, you're lifting up the whole planet. You know? Ooh, yeah. And so, well, that, you then you have the same problem because you can't add can't more weight. Bigger, that's true. Yeah. So it's the same problem. It just looks a little. It's just shaped a little different. Yeah. yeah. You know. That's fair. That definitely um, used to happen. We would go to the go to the gym and do the machines. Because they cap out, and like on those, yeah. you literally can't. You can't like fit another yeah. plate on it in any sort of reasonable capacity. Uh-huh. So yeah, after working out for you know four or six months or whatever else, and you start capping out machines and you know leg press like four hundred pounds or whatever else, and you're like, well, I guess I'll just do the more? leg press is always confusing because like there's you know you could leg press four hundred pounds, but you, you no way you're gonna squat four hundred pounds. Nah. You know, like that's that's a pretty high bar. I mean, yep. some people can squat four hundred pounds, but yeah, that's that's a that's like a point one percent threshold. It's right? just all about you know angles and gravity. It's yeah, all about I mean? physics, levers, pulleys, like. Oh, weight, yeah. weight just doesn't mean anything. The moment the moment you move from just like picking a thing up, like from the ground, just straight up. If you do anything else, it just doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah. Well, Can't and also, it. if you really want to get a lot of gains, just go to the moon. I I feel like that's probably why we want to go to the moon, so that people can like put you know oh, so twelve twelve hundred pounds. Yeah, put like twelve hundred pounds on a bench press, and you know, so you, mean, you could prob- do that thing where someone's like, so "What do you bench?" and you could be like. 
twelve fifty on the moon. moon pounds or Earth pounds? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and that was always like the thing that kind of confused me in science class, where people were like the difference between mass and weight, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because it was so badly conveyed, right? It's also just uh, confusing, to be honest, because it's not like well, you yeah, ma- mass is literally just like how much stuff there is. Yep. There, right? That's all. That's all that it is. And like the more stuff you have, then the more it's going to weigh. But all that really means is like it, it will weigh different amounts depending on the gravity of where you are, right? But the same amount of stuff is in it. And so it's it's weird to say like you, you would put uh, 1,200 pounds worth of mass, right? Like 1,200 pound plates on mm-hmm. a bench bar, like a bench press bar on the moon, right? But – the amount of effort you would have to exert is the same then as if it was 200 pounds on Earth, right? But, not, so like, but, there's, a, but there's still another nuance there, which I am incapable of reasoning about, which is the inertia, <laughs> part, right? Because yeah, which is like yeah, if you take that 200 pounds and like try to bounce it off your uh, off of your oh, rib cage, yeah. like because the inertia is the same as it the inertia is, is the same because mass because the, inertia comes from mass, doesn't yeah. come from gravity. So yeah. It yeah, comes from the mass and then the speed that the mass is moving. So you mean at. if you do a push-up with 12 or a bench press with 1,200 pounds and then you keep holding on to the bar, then you actually are going to go. You'll, you'll lift off the fucking moon. <laughs> like, like it'll, it'll take you up with it. Yeah. You know? Because it's going uh, to basically, yeah, it's going to kind of escape more aggressive. It's, yeah. like, it's kind of like with a train, right? Because a train weighs like a billion pounds, right? Uh, or uh, whatever, mass doesn't. We're just using mass and weight interchangeably here. But a train coming at you. It's got that momentum. It's got that inertia. The train got got right? that mass, and it's, mm-hmm. and it's going horizontally. Weight's not the thing. We're not even deal with that. It's just mass with speed, inertia. That's what yeah. it got, right? So it's just flying at you. When a train hits something, the sheer fucking amount of of just like inertia. energy, it that can, that it'll, it'll, it'll go through a building. It can no go problem. through anything as long as yeah. the train itself can withstand its own. I did you know, inertia. Right? Yeah, I did see but a video of a military tank going at full speed, and then there's like with a Car. Concrete wall or no a car? Mm. It had just like it sort of didn't even notice didn't even that notice. there was a the yeah. car just was destroyed all of a sudden and the tank just because what does the tank weigh like thirty tons <laughs> yeah, or some it's shit? Yeah. It's like well, it's, that's, that's more the weird because like because on because here because we also have lots of friction too right that also slows things down mm-hmm. really fast. But like we're, you're used to here when you're dealing with heavy stuff like if something on wheels that you're pushing around right yeah you're yep. used to the idea of like if I push it and then I go to try to like stop it. Right, like, how likely am I going to hurt myself? Yeah, as a consequence of doing that, and the confusing fucking thing is, you go somewhere else, goes another planet or the moon or whatever, and now the weight's different. So, like, everything's going to feel really weird and different, right? But the inertia part, well, like, take the thing that's already your brain doesn't know what to do with, and now like flip it kind of the other way, because now all of a sudden, like, you can jump really high, you can like lift things that are supposed to be really heavy and so on, right? So it feels like you have all these superpowers. But the misleading part, but is you that have the same amount of mass. You have the same amount of mass, and so does so you have this, else. Yeah, so the, the inertia, inertia is still all the same. Wait, I have which a means so could you? You could really fuck could, yourself up on on accident. Could yeah. you sort of? You know how like when you see a, like a crab swimming in the ocean, they swim kind of weird, or whatever else. Could you sort of like swim around the moon by bench pressing using this inertia technique? Probably. No, because well, no, because when you do it, like you, you know, push it up because equal opposite reaction thing, right? Because you're pushing yourself back when you push it up. The reason you push it up when you're laying on the ground is because you're pushing against. Well, well no, that's you, what I mean. Because like you, you do could it off get the into ground. the ground, yeah. that would get you up, you, right? You would and be, then you just kind yeah. of be able to 
like, well, no, because yeah. because now, now you'll get sucked back onto the moon. Because once you're up, you're not pushing against them against that anymore. Mm. You're just pushing yourself and the thing backwards. At the same. Yeah. Well, once, so you once you're airborne a bit, once right? you once you're airborne, you can't re, you can't change anything. But like once you once you hit the ground again, you just do another bench press. <laughs> yeah. And hurl yourself back up. I yeah, see. Yeah. So it's sort of like a a, a giant jumping technique. Yeah, really? it's like a yeah. po- it's a moon pogo stick because you just kind of bench press your way around the moon. Yeah, uh, but you got to use that surface to to so that you can push against something else that's not going to you know just now people right. from Mars would be Martians. Uh, to be fair, the our moon is actually not called the moon; it's called Luna. Yeah, you know, oh. just like how our sun is called Sol. Uh, we just call it the sun because we've only got one, yeah, right? It's the only one that matters. But Jupiter's got like 30 whatever moons. So like, mm-hmm. you know, and they're just some moons, but we just have the moon. But its name is Luna, which means that probably people from the moon would be lu- luna- lunarians or like- Lunatics. 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 Oh, yes. So, so basically, like, if you go to the moon, you're just going to be surrounded by lunatics just with ripped pecs, just bench press pogo <laughs> sticking their way, covered in dust, just head, just head to toe covered in moon Filthy dust. Filthy people. Apparently, that moon dust is so fine that, like, it's it'll probably kill you. You'll breathe it in all, like, all the time, no matter what, you know? Anyways, lunatics. Okay. So, I just had to get that. Uh, you Story got out of the way. Yep. Speaking of that, uh, the, the not, web telescope I thought that was like going to go doing some oh, yeah. stuff, you know, so speaking yeah. of space things. James Webb Space Telescope, it's it's there. It's where it's supposed to be. It's orbiting the Lagrange point in space. It's orbiting nothing. Yeah. It's it's doing an orbit around a gravitational emptiness focal like a, point, yeah. which is very cool. But it's still going to take a few months for them to like do diagnostics and to finish deploying everything, you know. Uh, but you know, it's been like a 10 year project. So like, what's another six months? Let's, let's take our time here at the, at the end, you know, don't, don't botch the, the launch. Right. I am pumped about uh, the first, like whatever the first picture that comes out of that thing, you know, I'm just like, I want it. I want to see, I've got, I want to see it. Now, part of the reason you want to make sure that you're in shape. Okay. Is so that when the first images from this telescope come in, that you can sprint around your house waving your arms around like a wacky flailing inflatable tube man mm-hmm. uh, for yeah, as yeah, long definitely. as possible because that's how pumped you're going to be. Oh, here's a question. Okay. About, it's all about cardio. It's all about your cardio. Okay. So James Webb Telescope, super fucking powerful. Most powerful thing in the universe, maybe. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's see yeah. into the depths of the past and, yeah. and, and time and space. Okay. So that's really cool. That's cool. But the thing is, though, that <laughs> space – it's uh-huh. real big, right? Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff in it. And like mm-hmm. every time you yep. zoom in more, you're just like, oh, it's, I'm just seeing the same oh. thing over again. Because like yeah. every time you go deeper, well, there's just more, you know, there's more stuff, stuff there. Right? You but thought it, there wasn't anything there. There is. There there's is. More. But it's more stuff of, there. If you just keep zooming in, it's kind of like those things where you can zoom in forever because yeah. it's a fractal. It's, on a, it's like a fractal, right? Like, isn't that basically what is going to happen? Pretty soon, we're going to keep zooming mm-hmm. in. And then eventually we're going to zoom in all the way onto a planet and there's going to be somebody just like an alien, just like reading a newspaper, like taking a shit. Uh, and we're going to mm-hmm. zoom in through their window and they're going to look up and they're going to be like, hey, yeah. <laughs> I feel it. I'm shitting in the past here. I think if you ever get that feeling that some, someone's watching you, it's actually uh, another it's alien true. race. It's James Webb's 
space from the future yeah. though. They're well, like, yeah, you get a feeling that somebody was watching you because they've been dead for billions of years by now. You well, know, no, because they will be they, watching you. Because if they're on the other side of the telescope, yeah, you know what I mean, they will be but, watching you a hundred years from now or whatever. Yeah, but that's the weird thing is like it's easy to think like, oh, well, like we are looking at you know planets that happen you know from the past, right? This also means that if like three billion years from now some other aliens pointed a telescope mm-hmm. at Earth, they'd be they would be seeing what we're doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We'd be like, that's fucked up. It's really embarrassing what we're doing right now. <laughs> Hopefully yeah. in three billion years, we've got our shit together. Maybe you know? we should all yeah. paint a sign on our roof that says, hey, check back later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just give us another thousand years, you know, maybe. Don't we'll- worry about this. Uh, this we weren't expecting visitors. We have a bit of a mess here. Yep, uh, we yep. didn't clean up. So it's also kind of wrinkles the whole dance like no one's watching thing. Because really, oh, you should dance oh, like watching. aliens are watching. Dance like aliens are watching. And be, yeah. You know, you want to impress the aliens. 100%. Or, or intimidate them into not, not showing up. Yeah. Either so way, I think the power of dance can do both of those yep, things. 100%. Uh, all right. Now, now on to the real thing we want to talk about today, <laughs> okay. um, which is inflation. <laughs> okay. Well, to be fair, aliens are real. I mean, let's, yeah. Yeah, of course. Let's, let's admit that. I mean, in all likelihood. Um, all right. So it's been an interesting uh, six-ish months in the United States and the Around world, the in fact. Um, so we've had the, you know, the this, this surge in the like Delta coronavirus and then the Omnic- Omicron. Everybody says Omicron and now I'm starting to say yeah, it and it's bothering it's, me. because it sounds appropriate. Oh, Micron. Oh, Micron. It's, om- it's Omicron because it's everywhere. Omni, right? Yeah. That's why mm-hmm. people say that. No, but, but it's, it's Omicron. But it's, oh, Micron because it's like, oh shit, that thing's oh, little. You know I dro- I mean? Oh, Micron. Mm-hmm. I dropped it. Um, so, <laughs> so here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, typically, the end of the year, December, you know, November is like, Holiday season, shopping season, blah, blah, blah. People right? spending all the money. People spend all the money. Um, and in a weird way, people do a lot of their Christmas shopping and stuff in like Black Friday, you know, December, whatever. And so there's a, something called the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, which is how the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics measures the cost of living, basically. It's just a number where like if that number is higher, that means – you know, it's more expensive to be alive. And if it goes down, it means it got very slightly cheaper. And this is alive. this is what we use to basically measure the power of a dollar over time. Right. So like this, yeah. when you hear people talking about how, oh, well, like wages have, have been stagnant for two decades while the cost of everything has gone up, what they mean is that even if you have gotten higher wages a little bit, it's not keeping up with that index. So it, it's yeah. increasing more slowly than that index is. Yeah. Um and so this is very strange, right? Because we always talk about things in terms of dollars, right? And so if people are like, wow, you know, like minimum wage was like $3 back in 1980-something or whatever. Um, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. We have no idea, right? Because the it's, world was different then and dollars were different then. Yeah, it's basically right? only, it's only half the actual equation, right? It doesn't, it doesn't actually mean anything with not a normal piece of data. It's yes. Which well, it's not even part of the it? equation, right? It's like mm-hmm. it, it actually has it has no bearing on the reality of what it means to be alive, right? In terms of like what the average salary is or cost, because it is there is one number that's supposed to represent that, right? Which is what the CPI, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we should say and also it has 
its own problems and also how it is measured has changed over time. And yes. Like what it's measuring and stuff. So it's one of those things where there, you can't in a really like truly no literal sense system. compare like what is my buying power with a dollar today compared to say 30 years ago, right? There's not a way to then just be like, oh, it's 0.5 yeah. or whatever the fuck. Like that's the that's just the best we can do is by yeah. taking the prices of a whole bunch of things that are similar to a whole bunch of things we have today. And then just like on average, kind of like, what's that ratio? And that's yeah. the best we can do. Well, and and things vary on a case-by-case basis, right? So for example, if let's say you have some kind of a chronic condition and you need to be spending a couple hundred dollars a month extra on some kind of prescription, right? Mm-hmm. Then like that's that's money that's locked away for you, which means the buying power of every other dollar you make has been reduced because it's yeah. being pinched. Because right? if the index so, doesn't include things like the average person's medical costs or whatever, then that's now yeah. gone. But of course, uh, any one person doesn't have the average experience. And so yep. what it means right. for you also isn't Right. And that also varies by geographic location, right? So cost of living in rural Kansas is different than the cost of living in San Francisco. Um, and so this is, you know, CPI is is the most As blunt with, instrument, yeah. but it is one. It's one that's that exists, right? And, and that's the one that everything uses if it's referring to inflation. And inflation, yeah. Yeah, because inflation is talked about worldwide, but then, or not, like, well, worldwide, but also nationwide. But then- um, costs of living inflate at different rates depending on, you know, if you live right where Google is and they're continuously pulling $100 billion in every year from around the whole world and then just dumping it into the local economy, then like, yeah, Mm -hmm. stuff's going to be more expensive there. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's lots of things that can can affect it, uh, but we're just going to be talking about CPI for the purposes of what we're about to go into. And I think Um, the main point with it is that while all the details are really complicated and it's not a perfect measurement or any of that kind of stuff, right? And while any given place, it may be lower or higher or lag a little whatever. bit or, you know, whatever, right? It is still the case that as you zoom in, like the meaning changes, right? And as you zoom out, same deal. It changes again, yeah. But as you zoom out, like if you take just like the the, the U.S. national CPI, basically, which is what the, the number we're yeah. talking about, uh, it's relative behavior, as in, like, how what how, how much higher is it relatively in percentage, right, than it was last month or last year or whatever? Uh, that, while, again, any given region might be slightly different, like a little head, a little slower, a little less of a raise, any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Still, on, like, the average behavior, the average relative behavior is pretty well reflected by that. Yep, yeah. Um, and so one of the interesting things that happened then over the, over the tail end of 2021 is – people started talking about inflation, right? And that there was like just this big spike in inflation, which means like prices are going up. It's becoming more expensive to live, right? And it kind of peaked in December when people are like, oh my God, inflation is 7%, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so what So what does that mean? What does that mean? That, yeah. that, when, that mean. means that, that this past December, stuff cost 7% more than it did the prior December, mm-hmm. okay? And by stuff, so, we mean- the weighted the stuff in the average CPI. of the stuff that yeah. they yes. measure the CPI with. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so typically CPI actually is stable or goes down in December, um, likely because people have done most of their like big shopping stuff and, you know, whatever. Um, November. In November. And then by the time December rolls around, uh, even though it is the holidays, which is like all about, you know, it's like the Christmas season, right? Um, CPI just 
Yeah. People aren't buying quite as much stuff as they did the prior month. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this, this most recent December, end of 2021, we saw all these supply chain issues. It was hard to get stuff. Um, and anybody, like the basics of economics is just that, you know, supply and demand uh, dictate prices. It's a lot more complicated than that in reality, but like, you know, basically, like if, if a lot of people want something and there's not very much of that thing, then the people good. selling it will just jack up the price because, you know, they can, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so this goes all the way to like, it's become more expensive to ship things and get them imported. So retailers had to pay more to get all the stuff that they need, food, what, like whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then those prices will um, be applied on the consumer level. So if you need to go buy something from the store now that it's made it all the way through the supply chain, you've got to front the bill for the the spike in prices to get it there, right? So everything will be everything this past December was just more expensive, um, and then so is fuel, right? And fuel is a big part of the CPI. Also. So it's fuel, tons, yeah. tons of stuff, right? Um, and so it reached a point where where inflation is at about seven percent, and typically in the U.S. Uh, it it hovers around like two, or even and a so less. Yep. yeah, or even a little less, and and so this was like a big jump, and. Seven percent inflation is a is a big problem because it means that you know the buying power of your money is suddenly declining at an alarming rate, right? Mm-hmm. And what tends to happen with that is that is that people and businesses will try to get rid of cash as quickly as they can because cash is it's not just worthless; it's a depreciating it's, asset. It's yep. worth less all of the time, mm-hmm. right? Um, it becomes more and more worthless, and so you want to put that cash into stuff. Right. Into stuff that doesn't lose value as fast as yeah. cash. Itself so does. you wanna, so you wanna buy investments. You want to, you know, get some inventory, like what, whatever it is, and then this creates a, an inflationary loop because you go out and try to buy as much stuff to to get rid of cash. So you're not just sitting on cash. Right you mm-hmm. go buy stuff. Now you've increased inflation, right? Um, and this can create a runaway problem unless some kind of you know, government policy comes in to, to address it, right? And so, so we were looking at this um, and thinking to ourselves, like, this is bad. Yeah, we right? weren't paying that much attention until we saw December seven percent. Like, holy shit, that's a yeah sizable. Yeah. That's, that's too sizable much. Number. Yeah, and so we decided we were going to revisit our approach to um, how how we think about compensation for all the people who work in our studio. Because there's a, a typical model of compensation is that you get so you get hired at some kind of a rate, you know, whether it's hourly or salaried or whatever, and it's um, based that's based on some combination of like the local labor market and what the competitive rates are between the companies hiring people for similar jobs, yeah, plus roles. whatever you negotiate relative to that. Yes, and so uh, typically raises at at companies are done on some kind of a periodic basis, usually annually, right? So You'll employees have some performance review and that go, that's paired with with or without a raise, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so looking around, you know, we, we found that, you know, like that the average annual raise for, for people working in companies is about 3%, um, mm-hmm. which, which is actually in, includes inflation, meaning like if inflation is typically 2%, and and your typical raise is three percent, then that means like if you are getting one of those annual raises, it's actually a one percent raise. It's actually one one percent more on your life. Yeah, one percent more purchasing power than you had 
last time. Except the kicker is that since you didn't get a raise for the intervening one year between those two points in time, uh, then you've actually potentially you probably lost. at best broke even. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because by the time you get to that next one year mark, two percent inflation has happened. Yeah. So it's the value. The time. Yeah. So the value of each paycheck went down and down and down and down, and then your raise kind of like makes you whole again, right? Yeah. So uh, in essence, you're actually for, being paid the same all the time. Pretty right? much, yeah. In terms of yeah. buying power, in terms of impact on your ability to buy things, which is- Yeah. And so this sucks, and it's also why um, people often say that like the best way to get a raise is to just jump companies, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's like, uh, once you've got that experience, et cetera, you go to a new company and negotiate, and then there's no pre-existing benchmark. You're not like getting a raise, like a 3% raise off of something. You're just mm-hmm. ge- getting paid a, a new a, amount. A new amount, yeah. Right? yeah. It's a new anchor point. Um, yeah. And and so as we were looking at this 7% inflation and this, you know, and this question of like, well, what about like annual you know, adjustments to compensation. What about annual performance reviews? That kind of stuff. We're looking at the seven percent of them. We're like, this is really bad because that means that over the course of a year, somebody's paycheck has seven percent less buying power than it yeah. did when yeah, we when they when they first got that that amount, right? And um, there's a psychological problem here, right? Which is like, let's say you were planning on giving somebody like a two percent raise or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or you know, or the 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 average three percent raise, right? Yeah, I think the average is three to five percent. I think is the yeah. So if you say like, okay, we were we were planning on giving you a three percent raise, um, and we're gonna we we committed to that and we're gonna do it, mm-hmm. right? And and that was part of your plan, right? So as the employer, you're look you're just looking at the dollar amounts, right? And then you say, like, okay, it's time for your annual review. Here's your three percent raise. Congratulations, right? Except you now have your paycheck has has is now four percent lower than it was last year in terms of what you can actually do with it, right? Yeah. So your compensation is not actually taking into account your purchasing power. It's fixated on the dollar. It's just value, some. It's just a dollar amount, which dollars are arbitrary. not real, right? Yes. And, and dollars so, depreciate over time. And they depreciate over time, right? And so, so as an employer, then there's a psychological hurdle where you have to where. You, you you would have to look at the inflation numbers, right? And be like, well, I said I was going to give a 3% raise. Inflation is normally 2%. So technically I was going to give a 1% raise over inflation. Now it's seven. So now I'm going to give you an 8% raise, right? But an employer would look at the dollar figure of that and be like, and they'd be like, I've expensive. never given somebody an 8% annual just like raise. That's, that's, a, that's a huge bump, right? Yeah. And importantly, the the income of any given business does not inflate by it doesn't the, rate of yeah it doesn't it's, keep pace you don't get well yeah, you don't just get more. Well, that's money. the thing is it 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 does. Well, it does. It, it depends does. on the industry. It absolutely that you're in. it, yeah massively and because like for does example, not just the, the price of our games doesn't increase with inflation, right? Correct. So mm-hmm. the revenue we have coming in is it's not going up. No, so, it, so yeah, so it's it's also. Deflate. Well, but this is well, this right. is this is industry specific, right? Exactly. So, That's the point. Is that so for some industries, the ones that are tied to the CPI, basically like selling food, that kind of stuff, right? Uh, like the the whole point there, the reason we have inflation is that they things start to cost prices. more for them, so they sell <laughs> it at a higher price, right? And so they're yep. kind of on this treadmill, matching yep. inflation, right? But yeah, many many other sectors of of the economy, especially entertainment, um, like we're still our goods are the same price they were. 
beforehand, right? Which means they are worth yep. like a sale of Our crash goods are, today yeah, is worth seven percent less to us right, than it was yeah, before. And we're not raising our prices as a consequence. That's not normal. That doesn't you don't see that in yeah. the games market. So you end up with this pinch on the administrative side, right? Where you see, oh shit, you know, compensation wise, if we don't keep up with this inflationary target, then not only are we not actually giving people raises, but you can be in a circumstance where you're you feel quote unquote you're giving someone a raise, but that still is actually giving them less cut. purchasing power than they had last year. Yeah, you're giving them more dollars, but not actually a better quality of life. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so well, the question the is, what is a raise time, for? Right? Is it for improving your employee's quality of life, or is it for giving them more dollars? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Because dollars aren't real. Yeah. <laughs> yes. um, so what we did is basically. We just asked the question to ourselves, like, what is this? Yeah, what's this mean? And then how should we, how have we been thinking about uh, basically that, that purchasing power idea? And how can we maybe link that back together with compensation in a more stable way so that our employees never lose purchasing power? Yeah. Can we do yeah, that? Yeah, because, that because we basically said, like, we want to take care of our employees and we want them to be with us for a long time. Because there's also, there's this, this concept of institutional knowledge, right? Which is like, if somebody's been with you for a long time, they know stuff. Mm-hmm. They've seen things, you know, they're embedded. They have all kinds of responsibilities um, and they know about all kinds of history of things, right? And bringing in a new person and training them up, you may, they even if they do have all of the skills, they still, it'll still take them years to build up that institutional knowledge, well, especially because context. like the the context in an institution that makes the makes makes a job fun and good and a good quality of life experience to have. That's also really good for the company. Is things are like really high autonomy, really high decision making on behalf of that person. The ability to control how they actually accomplish things, right? Yeah, and those things all grow over time. They right? grow like over time, and yeah. it's within that person because of the autonomy aspect, right? So. Mm-hmm. So the loss of a single person in one of those high trust context, you know, high trust environments where you're like, the whole it's point huge. is that you, you, you have the context to make the right decisions, right? Mm-hmm. Then the loss there is even bigger than it is in other environments. Yeah. And so we thought, okay, well, we need to take care of this, right? Like this idea of, of, oh yeah, we'll like revisit pay once a year. And in the meantime, you know, if by chance inflation happens to fly off the rails, then, oh, well, like. Too, too bad, so, <laughs> right? That's not good. Um, and and we want to uh, keep our people for as long as possible. We want them to, you know, feel like like they've got a good future with us and all of that stuff because um, it's good for everybody then, right? And so mm-hmm. so we revisited this concept and we, we decided to do an experiment where we say, uh, rather than thinking about things purely just in terms of dollars, okay, we're going to... Uh, we're going to peg compensation to the CPI, which means it will track with it. Yeah. So we actually don't normalize. So what we what we are paying then, like what a what a salary is, what a wage is, whatever, is an amount of buying power, right? That's what it is. Yeah. And that means the way to measure it or the way to set it is in dollars per CPI, right? Right. So a salary is a dollars per CPI because that now, when the CPI goes up, we just when the CPI goes up, your paycheck up goes up. Yeah. And now you maintain <laughs> It goes up exactly the same amount. Yep. Uh, well, we're doing, well, there's a little bit of like a, you know, rolling average because the CPI is lagged, right? It's a little so like, we don't, know it, we don't know it yep. until the month later and stuff like that. But, yep. um, but 
so so that way there's this idea of like by having just a con, just a continuous monthly adjustment of of a uh, or a continuous upward adjustment because actually the CPI can go down a little bit from time to time. It they're goes like, down okay, like a quarter of the time, tiny, by the time tiny bit. Yeah. yeah, they're like you know we we won't, we won't lower compensation in that scenario. We'll just leave it where it is, and then when the CPI catches back up, it'll you know pop back up. Um, but but that that for starters immediately right there just gives this idea that like okay no matter what's happening in the world with inflation or like whatever else your your time that you put in to working for us is going to give you the same thing back. Yeah. Right. You're not going to, your time is becoming less valuable. Right. Yeah. So, so it's step one. Just, that's step and just, one. And just guaranteed now, because it's just every month. It's, it's just, just automatic. It's just built in. Right. Two, and again, then, our best available metric of like, what is it? What is buying It's imperfect, but it's certainly better. Um, yep. And then the second piece of it then is to, again, re- build a system that removes the psychological barriers of thinking up, uh, like we were talking about earlier, if you committed to a certain percent raise or something as an employer and then inflation changes, you know, then you feel differently about the different dollar amounts, mm-hmm. right? And you're likely to change your commitment uh, because your psychological anchor points for what the raise is supposed yeah, to be. Off. Which was really hard they're, for us to wrong, right? work past also, right? Because like when yeah, we, when we finished do, doing yeah. all of this and saw the scale of the change in just absolute dollar amounts, we're like, oh God, that's <laughs> like, that's so- That's bigger than we thought it was going to be. <laughs> so expensive and costly to the company, which is true. Like, because we, again, we're not, we're not making more money due to inflation. We're Correct. just spending more money. Yep. Uh, but if the whole, if like the idea that we're trying to accomplish is to ensure some minimum threshold of buying power for our employees, then, then it's, that's just what it is. It is what it is. It just yeah. is what it is. There's it's not a matter of opinion. Yep. That's just what the yep. numbers are, right? Yep. And like, well, and the funny part it, is, is the numbers because like the number feels big, right? But in terms of what it actually means, it isn't. It's exactly what we want it to be. Yeah. Well, right. if, it is, if it's any constellation, you know, twenty years from now, it'll look pretty small, you know. Yep. So, yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, because of inflation, right? Because again, the dollars aren't real, and so, so yeah, so so that's the the first part of it is to basically say like, okay, this is something we can do is we can just we can just continually ratchet compensation to match changes in cost of living because the numbers are avail- publicly available. So we should just do that. And if we do it month uh, by month, you know, and we're basically lagging by a month because we have to, we have to know what happened. We have to know what happened, month. right? <laughs> but when it's only yeah. lags by a month, which means that at the time that you're actually impacted by the change in the cost of living, that's also- yeah, you're, just, you're just not losing by- Yeah, you're, you're just yeah. compensated immediately for yeah, just not yeah. Yep. And so then the second part then was to just automate the process, the process of um, revisiting the idea of like of, of an annual raise, right? Which is to say, like, mm-hmm. if the longer you've been with us, the better it is, right? the The more you, the more you know about the studio, the more you're able to do all of that. And so, and just like CPI, so, that's not an annual thing. It's just yeah, a constant. Yeah, because like every month that you're here, you're doing a, a better job because you've been here longer yeah. and you know more, right? And you've also done more stuff that now the company is using. Yeah. Right. And so we decided, okay, let's just automate that too. So we'll just have well, we're at it. we'll just have a, a, a monthly compounding uh raise, right? Which is it's funny because like if you look at it monthly, it looks pretty it's small. Tiny. Yep. Right. But it but then over the course of a year, then it adds up to like, you know, that's a that's that's a that's a good raise. Right. But instead of having to wait a full year, you just it just happens every month. Right. And it's cool now because now we don't have to worry about this idea of like Trying to think about scheduling like 
annual revisiting of compensation. We don't have to debate about it. You know, it's just like, it's just built in. It's just part of this thing. Well, like it's, yeah, it's, it's not being debated against other contexts that aren't relevant for what you're actually yeah. trying to do, mm-hmm. which is compensate people based on their ability to purchase things in the world and stay alive and happy, which if you're not accounting for inflation, you're actually not doing just straight You're up. just not doing it. Or if you're, yeah. If you're doing it once per year, you're accounting for it, then the whole rest of the time, that means the one month of the year where someone gets a, a cost of living adjustment is the only time of the year where you're actually compensating them the amount that you basically- Just, just in that payment. moment. Well, yeah, and, they're, and then they're competing, yeah. right? Because if you're, cause if you're just thinking about it in terms of, of money, that's what it raises, right? And, and that's like the thing that, it's like, it's obviously true that the way that raises are framed, because it wouldn't have to be framed this way. They could be like, a raise could just be framed as, oh, we're just going to make sure that we're matching inflation. That could be what you mean by it, right? But what people, yep. they it's always paired in all, like in all companies with a concept of performance, either of the company or of the employee or both, right? Mm-hmm. And since it's paired with performance, then the implication there is that you're doing a better job, so you should have more, right? Or we're doing a better job, so you should have more, whatever. But either way, the idea there is that you're getting more than what you think than what you had, and the only way for that to be true is if it's already balanced by inflation first. Yes, and then you add on top of that. Yep, correct. Yeah, so if if inflation was was four percent and you got a four percent raise due to great performance, then you didn't get a raise at all, and you're actually well, just really, in the same position you were. When you started. <laughs> yeah, you just you just <laughs> yes. got back to where you started for for working your ass off. Right. And so, yeah. So with this new system, basically we're like, let's just take all the guesswork, take all the opinions out of it and have the compensation structure, just do the things that it's meant to do. Right. Which is, which is keep people whole and happy in the long term. Uh, and the longer that they're with us, the, the happier they are. Right. Reward them more. right? Yep. Um, and the better it is for yep. us. And they actually get an they're... increase in buying power month over month. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, so all that comes together then to just like a really nice, easy, system that no longer has a bunch of guesswork in it um, and that solves all these problems, right? Uh, so we're very pumped about it. And we had this kind of hilarious moment where we were looking at it and we were like, why is this not just how it works? Why is this weird? Like, why is this a weird thing to be? A- so it was actually when we were when we were doing it, I thought, I was confused because I thought the reason that this only happened uh, annually as like the main way people think about it, if you're doing a cost of living adjustment at all, which a lot of companies don't, but like if you were, uh, was because something about the process of doing that was somehow either like legally or from like an accounting point, whatever, was like it's too much to bother with. But it, well, it, it is. It is and if you're doing everything what, on paper, right? Like a lot of companies are still oh yeah, sure. not really doing a good job of, of keeping their systems up to date, right? Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is something that can be fully automated. Well, that's the part of the, of the overhead you know? too, right? It's like the, the overhead of us having to like remember to make these decisions and have be like, oh shit, like we got to like, this person's been here for two years now. We got to go make sure they get their raise, make sure we like deal with the whole review when really everything should be continuous all the time. Everything should be automatic. It's the DevOps way, right? You don't, yep. Don't fuck. Small batch delivery, continuous deployment. (laughs) DevOps salary means that basically, and I think the thing that's most exciting to me about it, just from like a, if you had to boil it down, it just means that every month that someone works with us, their buying power is more than it has ever been. While working with us, yep, yeah, and that will always be and true. It's a true fact, yeah. And it's like that is cool. No stress, uh, no stress, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's so good. But here, but here's the here's the problem. Uh, so you know when we when we so we, as we we're trying to think through this for starters, it was really hard for us to figure this out and get to it because yes, there's no exist there's no existing frame 
for this. Or right? It's like, not like, one we knew of or it was easy to stumble across yeah, while we're searching. Fine. In the yeah. sense that, you know, that you will have, but if you start a company, you will have worked for other companies in the past, right? And you see how things are done and that those models just get in your head. They're just, just in, in there now. Head. And yeah. it's very hard to think about other approaches that just aren't that at all, right? Um, and so one of the weird things about this this new concept of us doing like this just continuous monthly cost of living adjustment and continuous monthly raise, right, is um, one of the reasons that inflation is able to generally stay low in the U.S. is because companies don't adjust people's pay to cost of living, right? So, so if over the course of a year – your buying power is, you know, five percent lower than it was the year before. You you, you buy can't buy stuff. as much stuff because that's just what that means, right? And if you can't buy as much stuff, then you are not participating as much in the economy, which and means now people selling stuff need to try to sell it cheaper to get more people to buy right. stuff. Which means that it, that actually keeps inflation lower, right? Like mm-hmm. like companies per some of that purposely or accidentally taking advantage of this idea that like over the course of a year, your buying power goes down and technically they're like saving money by not, not keeping it adjusted. Right. Um, that's partially why inflation is low. And so on the one hand, I'm like, man, everybody should be doing this, right. This new thing that, that we, that we are working on. Right. But then I think what would happen if everybody did this? This is one of those. Uh, I don't actually that, know. <laughs> well, this is what is it was like interesting and, and aggravating, you know, cases where there's so many things that once you like dissect it down, you ask like, okay, if we're going to do the thing like in an ethically, morally, even philosophically, like a uh, consistent and, and good way, right? And then you and then you do that, and then you extend. What if? What if we? What if everybody did that to the whole economic system we have? Doesn't work. Can't work. Right. Yeah. And then and then people use it. They're like, well, we can't do that. Because, but it's like, no, the, well, we, oh, we can't do not exactly the, source of the problem. Yeah, the, yeah you the problem said, we can't do the, exactly this. Yeah. but like, I think the, it's the starting point. Yeah, the, well, I think the problem is that uh, inflation is not just caused by people earning more money. So, Correct. what you're talking about is, a, is actually a piece. It's just a piece of the overall inflationary pie that we're talking about pulling a lever on. Mm-hmm. Which to me means that uh, I don't know what, if anything, would happen. Frankly, well, um, one thing would be like maybe people somehow, would be able to pay back their student loans. That might happen. That might be well, yeah, that's that actually the biggest yeah. one. Was the fact that, like, yeah, if you're if you pay, if everyone's compensation actually was, you know, anchored kept to pace. reality, yeah, really, um, yeah. Well, it, but it's, it's also like obvious stuff too. It's like minimum wage. If the whole point is that it's supposed to be some sort of uh, yes tied to power, some of, kind of the power of your money, wage, like what, what you're able to buy, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, it should and you're, then, you're just. Or month by month, automatically adjust. Yeah, and then instead of just having it automatically adjust, so that's literally true. Then, if instead, right? Because because you see, you'll hear all these things all the time about like if we actually kept pace with inflation with minimum wage, what would it be today, right? And the answers are like mind boggling. Like, like I I, know, I haven't like somewhere between seventeen and twenty two. Yeah, it's like twenty. It's like right? twenty it's bucks, like, or whatever. And we're still fighting about whether or not people can have a fifteen dollar minimum, right? Yeah, yeah. That was like ten years ago when that should have yeah, happened. When already, the buying so power of that is late. three quarters of what yeah. it actually started at. But if you just like. Just just stuck it right to inflation. Then it's just it's just so balanced. I heard, I heard the same thing. You want to hear something wild? Hmm. Okay. So minimum wage was last set in two thousand nine. Okay. It's twenty twenty two, which means the next year minimum wage, the current minimum wage will be fourteen years old, which is the age, the minimum age to start working. 
<laughs> right. In the uh-huh. U.S., right? Which means if the minimum wage is almost as old enough as a person would be, work. right? It's so like somebody yeah. born the day the minimum wage was set <laughs> could enter the workforce at that wage next year. Mm-hmm. That's wild, right? That is, <laughs> yeah, seems but, a little late, right? Yeah, but that's yeah. the thing is, is that nothing is, nothing is um, pegged to that CPI, right? And so like, like the idea of just setting a fixed dollar amount and just that's what it is, um, is just a very strange one the more you think about it, mm-hmm. right? Because, a, because a, a dollar five years from now, a dollar one year from now isn't the same as a dollar today, right? Um, it means nothing. So this is something like, this is an idea like we want to put out there. And like, if you, if you are a, a business owner, do, do this, it. think about this, right? And if you're, and if you are working at a business, go talk to your boss about this. <laughs> um, yeah, this idea of if you're in a conventional environment where you have to like negotiate a raise and all this kind of stuff, don't don't forget to take into account like actual buying power because when you're negotiating that raise and they're like, oh, like we can give you like this year, we can give you like a five percent raise, you know, and, and if you bring inflation out, numbers, good, you know, look, inflation is actually higher than that, so you're actually decreasing my pay, right? Yeah, but yeah. it's a good thing to be able to to have in your pocket. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this needs to be something that people just like have a better handle on what it means and how it works, so that like Adam's saying, so that you can bring that knowledge into those conversations, you know, and use it to create better conditions. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, that's that's all the time we have for this week. Uh, and uh, next week we're going to do just a lot of questions. So. Yep. Uh, We'd like to thank our producers, Fat Bard and Jen Coster, for putting the podcast together. And thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. To get more involved in the Butterscotch community, just go to podcast.bscotch.net. We have links to the Discord, a way for you to donate, and links to the archives. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.